Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world you get in four minutes. We start things off in Toronto, Canada. Suns lost the game, and they might have lost a lot more than that. 112-105, Raptors are winner on the road. Well, Suns were on the road. They were at home. Booker jumped for a jump shot, landed on Dennis Schroeder's foot, turned the ankle really bad, played through it anyway, but didn't play well. Booker had eight points on two of 12 shooting, but showed incredible toughness trying to gut check it out. KD tried to carry him. He came back from his foot soreness, 30.6 assists. Nurkic went for 19 and 14, but it wasn't enough, as the Suns were also down Grayson Allen, who's sick, and Nasir Little wasn't there, but it's a pretty good reason. His wife's having a baby, so he came home and missed the game, and therefore the Suns didn't look very good. Now they return home, probably against nobody. It's only Denver. Hopefully Booker's back. Nuggets at home tomorrow night, tip-off, 8 o'clock. Two things for the Sun Devils, hoops and football. We'll start with hoops. Last night, a 78-61 winner over Sam Houston State. Jose Perez, 24 points, eight boards, huge presence in the paint. Head coach, Bobby Hurley. And, and just, you know, again, without Sean Phillips, and Sean it was a guy that I thought, based on the whole summer, we'd be able to throw it inside to him, play through him some inside out. Uh, but, it, you know, Jose has kind of taken more of that role to, to do that, and uh, he could create very creative, crafty around the basket, and, and he could pass. ASU terrible against BYU last week. Hoops getting a little better and a little better each time. They're home against a good San Francisco squad coming up on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Football-wise, Bo Baldwin has stepped down as the offensive coordinator. He lost play-calling duties after that 29-0 beatdown from Fresno State. And Jalen Conyers, who was supposed to be a dominant tight end this year, ended up as a quarterback. Well, he's transferring. Staying with football, Cardinals, Kyler Murray, Jonathan Gannon speaking to the media. Gannon was positive about something he doesn't want to have to worry about. The changes that have been seen from the Steelers offense since they fired their offensive coordinator. First time that's happened since the 40s that the Steelers fired a coordinator in the middle of the season. JG, what about playing in Pittsburgh in general? Terrible towels will be out. Renegade will be playing. Um, it's a really cool environment. Haven't played there a couple times. It's one of my, you know, favorite venues to play. And truthfully, it's it's pretty special. Only group of people in sports to get excited about sticks. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Won at Vegas. They beat the Lightning this week. Now the kids just keep on coming. First place Colorado's in town. Face off tonight at Tempe at 7 o'clock. What a day for upsets yesterday. Number seven, Duke, loses on the road at Arkansas. Number 10, Tennessee, loses to number 17, North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Number 14, Texas A&M, gets destroyed by UVA, 59-47. And Nova lost at home to St. Joe's. 
Aaron Rodgers, only 11 weeks removed from Achilles surgery, has returned to practice for the Jets. And finally, a man checks into a Vietnam hospital with headaches for five months, and he can't figure out what happened. So the doctors do a CAT scan looking inside his head. What could possibly be causing five months worth of headaches? Chopsticks. Yeah. He said, oh, yeah. I remember getting drunk and getting in a bar fight, but I didn't remember what happened. He'd been stabbed with chopsticks up his nostrils. They broke off and they were touching his brain. (laughs) Oh, now I know I had those headaches. Jackpot Unplugged Army, I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime, or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, general manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. the Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. Oh my gosh. You talk about swimming upstream. Did something dumb yesterday, and I thought, well, you know what? I'll just use my phone and play old Doug Franz Unplugged to try to pick up some downloads, but I turned the volume down. Then I didn't hear all the texts, all the phone calls, and all the reminders I had that, hey, I got a happy hour appointment. Oh, no! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz Unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone each and every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Merck. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. What? I I got like 900 things swimming in my head today. None of them are chopsticks, however. Uh, Had a happy hour appointment yesterday downtown and totally freaked out because I fell asleep in my chair. And on the old show... I used to sleep from like one to six, one to five every day, but I was also a soccer coach. So I was really busy doing a lot of other things. And uh, now I probably sleep 
from about two to three in the afternoon. And then I get back up and, and get to work. So yesterday, uh, I forgot when I got home, sometime around two, something like that, one one thirty, something like that. And I I just was out. But I had my phone playing old unplugged so I could get the downloads. Yeah, hey, I, I've told you, I need all the help I can get. So it's playing, and I had the phone down so I could barely hear it, so it wouldn't disturb me if I fell asleep. And then all of a sudden, I woke up. It's 5 o'clock, and I had a 5.15 happy hour <laughs> downtown. I live in Goodyear. Woo! Got there by 5.30. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> But it was, I, I was, I got downtown by 530. The problem was parking, of course. So it took me a while to park, but I really wasn't that late. And I had texted him and he said, don't worry about it. I'll meet you there. I'll be, I'm running a little late too. So I didn't get caught. And then saw my good friend, I was at Marley's, saw my good friend, AJ, who runs Marley's. So that was a great, great evening. But then I was behind everything I was doing uh, last night. Which I feel terrible because when I'm behind, poor Izzy and Jeff Weir Production, now they're behind because of I just dump everything. on. Hey, I need this. I need this. And uh, they've been running around like crazy. So thank you guys because of everything uh, I was doing last night. But there's uh, this chopstick story. Come on. Insane. This Vietnamese guy is in a bar fight, gets ch- uh, half of a chopstick shoved up his nose and doesn't remember it. He was so drunk. And then five, for five months, he's suffering from headaches. <laughs> they when you know you have a problem. And they find a chopstick. I mean, I, I guess I honor a guy who's that tough, who could do that for five months and just, how do you, I don't. I'm sorry I got the giggles over that. I just, I really have a hard time understanding how you're that lit that you don't know that happened. And at some point in that, the first two or three days after, you don't say, okay, I do remember the bar fight and I'm not feeling good. I should go in and have this checked. And then of all things when the doctor says, you have chopsticks in your brain. That's just the weirdest I, story I hope ever. They went back. For, I mean, who knows if a bar still has security cameras five months later, but I would hope that they, uh, I would hope that they have that. Uh, let's see. Ed, anything else really hot and heavy today? I can't think of anything. Uh, I had a great, I had a great conversation with my kid yesterday. Intern McKenna, even though she's getting ready for finals, I had this idea. I got an eyelash in my eye, by the way. So don't let me drive you crazy if you if I keep picking my eye. But I showed Jeff we were production this yesterday. I I got struck with an idea of a potential logo for a Mountain Amber Ale. That's the beer that will be behind me tomorrow for Beer Friday, presented by 100 Mile Brewing Company. And I went to check it out. Uh, or I, went, I, went, I showed that to McKenna, and uh, she goes, okay, and she's much more creative logo-wise than I am, much more visually creative. So she suddenly, I said, listen, I know you're busy. Wait, maybe over the weekend, do this, do this. And then we started talking about her finals and stuff like that. Well, uh, today... At some point while I was asleep yesterday, but today I, I look and I get an email from her and there's seriously like seven different logos for a mountain amber ale that she came up with. And I'm like, wow, I can't wait to show Sue and Todd, the owners of 100 Mile Brewing Company, these logos and see if, if they remotely 
like any of them or if they go, Doug, why are you wasting your time? Do you, do you not know that we can do this? I, well, I, I saw the one that you did. Yes. And it was really good. Were, were hers any better? Were hers better than Her, yours? Hers, she actually added some color. She put in at a different mountain. And then one thing that she did that was a little different is, I just to give you a quick example. So I, I make the top of the letter A like the like an upside down V, and then the T that crosses over or the top of the T is the cross of the A. So it's like this. But down here, I make this part the part of the letter M. So it's a capital A up top, and then the letters M T N underneath for A Mountain. And she did the M a little differently than me and created an extra mountain. So it looked like a mountain range going up. I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so I, I certainly don't have any idea uh, if Sue li- likes any of these. I'll show her today when I pick up the keg. So I'm, it'll be interesting. I've never ventured into something like that. I, it, there's never been a time. Like I make up taglines for companies or I'll do uh, spots you know I'm I'm pretty creative when it comes to the how I want something to sound and radio commercials and ideas like that this type of stuff is not something I excel at at all and so I'm just jacked up to even have one good idea on it and then of course it's cool to have a kid that's really good at stuff oh by the way I got a call from a friend yesterday Boy, is this a fun compliment. He, uh, he, he has reached out to McKenna because McKenna is hoping to be into the sports world someday. This person is a I, – I can't tell you who it is because that would be rude because he's a source, and I don't want you to know that I, I talk to this person regularly because if, if I told you, that, that would kind of out me whenever I break something on, in that realm, in his realm, and that's unfair to him. So I trust you with it. But I don't trust people that aren't in the unplugged army with that information, so I can't let them know. But uh, but he said he would help out McKenna. The two of them were communicating, and then he had to cancel a meeting and was just blown away by her professionalism and 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 called me to tell me that. Man, is that cool? Because I had, I mean, you you raise your kids and then you send them out into the real world and you you have no idea. You just have none how they are treating other people. And even though I know. Intern McKenna's a good kid. It's just awesome to hear that she's a, a good, in a sense, a good adult. But I'm not ready to say my 19-year-old's an adult. That's just, she's my kid. My, my youngest, too, to make it even worse. So I wasn't ready for that. Um, one other thing. This is a, a very serious subject. I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this. I've already made the decision, but I, I don't know if you're going to agree with me. But I want to let you know what's going to happen on on today's show um coming up in about 30 minutes we're going to have a guest on and his name is tom brenneman longtime play-by-play voice of the cincinnati reds there's a trade that happened last week that i haven't talked to you about a eugenio suarez is an outstanding third baseman he was a longtime cincinnati red he was a mariner last year so the trades with the mariners and he's exactly what the Diamondbacks need at third base. So I'm excited about that. However, I know t- I barely know Tom Brennan. Not great, but I know him a little bit. And I thought, well, I'll reach out to him and see if he can come on the show to talk about him because he was the voice of the Reds while Suarez was there. He said, sure, no problem. And he's coming on today. And that, I- I'm excited about that. And I grew up listening to his dad do Reds games. And I think a lot of you know Tom as the original voice of the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
What you might not know is he used a, um, I forget how you phrase it, uh, a homosexual slur in, in, during a broadcast, a Reds broadcast, then was fired by Fox. He used to be the number three NFL guy for Fox National. And then he was also Fox's second or third string MLB guy for games that Joe Buck wasn't doing and longtime voice of the Reds. And he lost all of that because of that homosexual slur that he used on air. And uh, it was a joke between him and somebody else, still unacceptable. I'm not defending it in any way, but that's why he got fired. And in my opinion, he deserved to get fired. The reason why I'm telling you this is I'm not going to talk to him about it. And I just want to be blunt with you now. And a lot of you might think, well, of course you have to. Well, I, I, don't, I don't agree with you if you think I have to talk about that with him. And I just wanted to tell you why. Number one, it was three years ago. And to me, he's totally paid the debt that all of us as broadcasters would owe after you make a mistake like that, in which he's lost his dream job, the job that he always grew up wanting to do, Reds baseball moved all the way up high in Fox, and now he's a podcaster in Cincinnati doing a college football show and talking anything Cincinnati sports. And when you pay that kind of debt, I don't see any reason to relive it. But I thought it was fair to you to tell you how I feel about this, that if you think you know, it's, it's so wrong that he got fired and you think it's ridiculous the way we are so politically correct, in this stance, I disagree with you. I, I think he should have been fired. But at the same time, if you're on the other end and you think this is ridiculous that I'm having him on, somehow I'm supporting thoughts like that by, by having somebody like that that would say that on, I should never talk to him again. I disagree with you too. I think he's, I think he's more like how much pain do you want to put him through? It, like does one sentence cause that much pain that you then want him to live a miserable life? I, I'm not that type of person. Three years later... Uh, to me, it's easy to move on, and I'm excited to have him. So I wanted to give you my feelings about that and why I wasn't going to be bringing it up with him. Just so you know, and I think it's always fair for you to judge me as a viewer and listener to Doug Franz Unplugged here on WTSMTV.com. So, uh, so I know, so, or so you know how to judge me, and is this the type of podcast that you want to listen to? So I'm excited to talk to him because, uh, like I said, growing up listening to his dad, that's all I wanted to do is be the play-by-play voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and I still hold on to that dream, I admit. I admit, I, I love baseball, and the idea of doing play-by-play for Major League Baseball would just be incredible. Sound credits today. Uh, thanks, thanks to everything, to Jeff Weir Production and to Izzy. I have sound today. We've got uh, Jonathan Gannon and Kyler Murray we're going to talk about with uh, AZ from azcardinals.com. We have uh, Sun Devil Source was kind enough to uh, give us Bobby Hurley. So we've got the head coach of ASU and a couple cuts. And I can't think of anything else. Jeff, can you think of anything else? No, I believe that's about it. Okay. How's your life? It is wonderful. Couldn't your, be better. How's your daughter's school situation? It's, um, she starts today. Oh! I'll be leaving at around 7.30. You'll have Izzy for the end of the show. Oh, okay. Producing. Okay. And then I'll be back sometime in the middle of uh, TME. Okay. Well, then, uh, everybody, I want, I want to give you a, I want a free plug today. Everybody in the Unplugged Army, if you can, do me a favor. 
at 10 o'clock, between 10 and noon, do whatever you can to try out Izzy's show today, iOS. And it's Izzy on Sports. And the reason why I really want to plug it hard today is with me running behind from last night, he's not working on his show right now. He's doing stuff for me. Then he's going to be doing stuff for TME. And then now I find out he's going to be producing for me later on and then on top of it he's got his own show to get ready for yeah izzy's got a izzy's got a big day today so he's got a full plate and it just takes away from your own preparation for your own show and listen all of us at his age we had to go through it too so it's not like a sob story for him hey suck it up izzy i was there too but at the same time if there's anything i can do to get you as an first of all it's not for charity i I even told jeff weir production this yesterday that show just keeps getting better and better and we're happy here at wtsm the way ios is going but i want really for you to think about watching it and checking it out but also especially on a day like today when uh giving him giving him his props is is a really good thing because i know how it is for me when i go into a show feeling like i didn't get everything done that i want to and i'm calling my shot now i mean he's got you know three hours but still it's tough to get ready for that all right let's roll doug's big one i hate it when i do this to you i always want doug's big one to be local but my number one opinion is just total amazement about something that's happening nationally 11 weeks after surgery on a torn achilles aaron Rodgers practiced yesterday i that floors me it is amazing that we're at that point scientifically now i want you to know i think aaron Rodgers, the quarterback is incredible i think aaron Rodgers, the person's kind of a nut all right i i just i do think the guy's a nut and because he's so intelligent nobody wants to say he's a nut i'll say it he's smarter than me and he's a nut okay but this is like legendary to me now i'm a guy if you don't know the story i could lift up my feet and show you i used to have two huge bone spurs growing out the back of my heels like shoes don't fit me and it's one of the reasons why i wear flip-flops and because i love them but i I, shoes don't fit me very well because these huge bone spurs so i decided to get one of them taken out so what they do uh, sorry if you're eating and this grosses you out but what they do is they actually surgically partially tear your achilles and then they chisel out the, the the bone they just chisel the back of your heel well it's hilarious as i woke up during surgery now didn't like feel pain my leg was still totally out but i was asleep and i woke up and and the doc says hey doug you doing all right i said yeah i'm it's all good and he goes, do you need, I, I don't need a thing. And he goes, all right. And then all of a sudden, tink, tink, and I'm hearing the hammer, and I feel the pressure of my leg moving, but I don't feel any pain. I, that is one of the weirdest sensations ever. But I couldn't sit there and think, this guy has a chisel on my heel bone right now. You can't think like that. But it was just so strange. Well, then they sew me back up, and I am in a cast for two weeks, immobile, crawling up the stairs, things like that. And then after two weeks, I'm allowed out of that cast and I'm in a walking boot, but under strict rules of I'm always in a scooter and I'm allowed to only put pressure on the foot to get on the scooter. And that's it. Well, I go to a Cardinal red and white scrimmage, second day out of the cast. And 
the Cardinals did a terrible job. I could have sued for millions, but I knew what would happen to my career if I did. Now I kind of wish I would have since I got fired. But there was a hole on the way to the media door, and they had the media door gated off from the general public, but that meant it was gated off for us. And everybody else in the media, you could just move the gate. I couldn't lift the gate up because I'm on the scooter. So being an idiot, I tried to lift the gate up anyway, and the scooter hits this hole. I go toppling over and bash my heel right on the ground. It splits the stitches, and it ruptures the rest of the Achilles that wasn't surgically torn. I cannot describe to you, and I, I consider myself a reasonably tough dude as long as it doesn't have to do with stomach pain. I'm the biggest wuss when, when my stomach hurts. But everything else, I got 29 broken bones, all right? I played through all of them in injuries. I could list all the injuries if you really cared, just to try to make you feel think I'm important, I admit. It's just an ego trip to tell you. But I could not believe that pain. Just... I, I, I sat there in amazement like this isn't supposed to happen to human beings is what is what I was feeling is the pain level that I was in. So it was a rough recovery. And to this day, I can't run. I can't run anymore. Like physically, if I start running, my entire calf muscle cramps up to the point that it's just almost inactive. And it's so frustrating. But I only run when chased anyway, so it's really not the end of the world. Well, having said that, I sit here after what i went through and granted for you and i that are common folk the problem is the rehab it's not necessarily the surgery it's because you might your insurance will only pay for x amount of rehab visits and then as long as you're functional basically you're not falling over they say fine you're fine we're done paying for it while an athlete goes through about five to six hours of rehab six days a week to get themselves back so I realized that part of the recovery is easier. But I'm three, four years out of that surgery, and I'll never be healed. And Aaron Rodgers is, playing, is, is in an NFL football practice in 11 weeks. I just had to take a minute and Doug's big one and say, even though I think you're a nut, Aaron Rodgers and your doctors who did an experimental type of surgery. I shouldn't say experimental because it wasn't an experiment for the doctor, but a lot of people haven't tried this form of surgery and how they did it. This is a legendary moment in medicine, let alone football. The fact that he's back 11 weeks later. Now, I think it's stupid if he actually plays. I do. I don't care who you are, why play for a team that bad right now. But I have to admit, can you imagine what that does for that locker room? Can you imagine the lesson that would be learned going into 2024 if another player isn't doing their rehab hard enough? If another player isn't giving their all to that guy who played for a five-win team coming back from an Achilles? I mean, the lessons there are unbelievable. So I, I really wanted to take a minute and, and give a tip of the cap to, uh, to him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, that's, that's unbelievable. All right, coming up next. I'm going to talk a little Cardinals, and then in about 10 to 15 minutes, we'll be talking Diamondbacks with Tom Brenneman, the former voice of the Cincinnati Reds, about this great trade of Eugenio Suarez. Thanks for being a part of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. 
Terrible Tiles will be out, Renegade will be playing. Um, it's a really cool environment. Haven't played there a couple times. It's one of my you know favorite venues to play in. Truthfully, it's it's pretty special. So in the Franz household, we have an air conditioning unit, an air scrubber, a reverse osmosis system, and a tankless water heater all purchased from Parker & Sons. Why? Well, number one, because we trust them. We got to know Parker & Sons about six months into living in Phoenix, and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time, and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap. And then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water, even on holidays when people are coming in to visit. And it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit in a tank. It only heats it up as we use it. So we only use the electricity when we need it. And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 602-2-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, that R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub and Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. Thanks for being a part of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. And again, man, I can't thank you enough as a member of the Unplugged Army how how great you have been as it relates to Whirlwind Plus. Unplugged at Whirlwind.com is the website. Unplugged at Whirlwind.com. You go there. You can sign up to become a Whirlwind Plus member. And if you are any kind of a golfer, I think it's worth it. And you're taking a course that's one of the best in the entire city that's $200 around. And I, I'm not trying to be a jerk because I play a, a Muni too. You're turning it into almost a municipal golf course price and you are saving uh, uh, at Civlik, the restaurant, and you're saving at the pro shop. It's incredible. And then there's going to be special member events that only Whirlwind Plus members are invited to. That's so cool. Unplugged at Whirlwind.com is the website for more information for you. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit of Cardinals. I want to do some Jonathan Gannon. Then we're going to talk Diamondbacks. And then admittedly, I'm going to go back and talk Cardinals a little bit later and talk about uh, Kyler Murray. So I know that's going to be weird to do Cardinals, D-backs, Cardinals. And I also want to talk ASU hoops. But uh, do me a favor and uh, give me a a JG1 as he gives me a little bit of a rundown. Been around the block a little bit. Um, Him with Coach Sullivan. Don't really know him personally, but uh, saw a little couple different changes uh, this last week as they kind of took it over and uh, they played good on offense last week. So big time challenge. That is about, I think you know the story, but it's still crazy. The Steelers have not fired an offensive co- any coordinator during the season since either the 40s or the 50s. It's literally been about 90 years. 
and this year's offense was so bad that they find that they actually did it for the first time what's crazy about it is even though the Steelers are right in the thick of a playoff chase last week with their new offensive coordinator was the first week all year they outgained the other team all of these wins they've had they've never had more yards than the other team their offense is so bad and for the first time game one new offensive coordinator it actually happened so that's that question about it and this is what kind of changes did you specifically see with the uh oh really wow well that's awesome well i was gonna keep going on cardinals uh arizona cardinals until 6 45 and jeff weir production just said in my ear that tom brenneman's on early and like hey i don't want the man to wait he's got his own show to get ready for so anybody in the unplugged army you might not know this and i don't even think tom brenneman knows this to be quite honest but I am like a, like almost like a stalker of Tom Brenneman. So here's the story. Tom Brenneman grew up listening to his dad do Reds play-by-play. I grew up listening to Tom's dad do Reds play-by-play. Tom goes to the greatest university, Harvard, on the Hawking, the first Ohio University. And I go to the first Ohio University. He works at a small little station under Dave Palmer called WATH. I do the exact same thing. Now, I had ended up going Arizona or, you know, Alabama, Kansas City, Arizona. He comes to Arizona as your original Diamondbacks voice. So, Tom, sorry to creep you out with that story. How are you? I'm doing great, Doug. And I know I did know that you are a proud alumnus of uh, the Ohio (laughs) Union. So uh, nice to see you again. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, Thank you. I have never had the chance to apologize for this because I had a massive geek attack. Uh, My mother, it was a booster of the University of Dayton. So she had through her insurance agency season tickets on the front row. So I am with a college buddy sitting on the front row of UD. I think the, the channel was old prime sports and you're doing a Dayton UAB game so you do your you do your hit on the pregame on the court and if you remember that I love Dayton but that obnoxious scores table you had to basically walk all the way down to the baseline to get around the the, uh, uh, scores table to get to your place I bum rush you and say Tom I'm a Bobcat man and I geek out and I admit I wanted your number and I wanted to bother you for the rest of your life and I never even thought about the fact you're kind of in a hurry because the hit is over and you got to get back on and you just said Doug good to meet you go Bobcats and then I realized as I sat down, that was really dumb of me. I've never apologized being the geeky little kid, so thank you. You don't need to apologize for that. Are you kidding me? I tell you what, you know, for a lot of people back your way, you know this because you used to go there. But I, I, I tell you what, and I've had a chance to last year or two to go up. You know, they played that, uh, what do they call it now? It used to be the play-in games for the NCAA oh, tournament. Yes, now yes. there's some other name for it. Yes, the uh, first the, the, four. Whatever it's called. Thank yep. you. The first four. And uh, I've had a chance to go up there the last couple of years. If anybody's back in this part of the country and loves college basketball, if there is a better arena to watch college basketball than the Dayton arena, I haven't been to it. And I've been to some of the best. I mean, North Carolina and yeah. Duke and you know all these other places. There is nowhere like the University of Dayton arena. That place is awesome. It, it scorned me for life, to be honest, because growing up 
yeah. you know, thinking that that's normal, that 13,000 yeah. people every night go to a basketball game. And then part of my journey is I worked for three years in Kansas City. And so then I'm going to Allen Fieldhouse. I, I think mm. this is normal for college basketball. And I'm a Bobby Hurley fan. And I come out here to ASU. And it's sad. I mean, it's crazy that yeah. there's only about 6,000, 7,000 fans a night. Every now and then it gets a little better. But you lived in the Valley for a long time. And it's yeah. interesting, Kenny Dillingham, just recently the ASU football coach, admitted it. When I asked him, hey, how, how are the fans doing in supporting your revival of football? He said, I can say it because I'm from here because I went to Chaparral. I'm a sun devil. He said, guess what? Yeah. We're a front-running town. And it's my job to get yep. us to win. But in college sports, support has to come before winning. Pro sports, it's up to the owner. But in college, if you're not supporting it, they can't win. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny you bring that up because when I was living there, I was always such a big college basketball fan growing up. I mean, here in Cincinnati, we have two basically every year, just until the last maybe like year or two. But every year you'd have Cincinnati and Xavier both separated by Five they were making the yeah. NCAA tournament every year and Bob Huggins and Mick Cronin, the runs they had here and that kind of thing. And, you know, you get spoiled. And I remember when I moved out to the Valley, I bought season tickets for the first year I moved out there to go to Arizona State basketball. Games. Okay. Uh, you know, U of A was rolling back then with loot and you had, you know, UCLA and all this stuff. And I mean, I remember going there and looking around and you say six or 7,000. I mean, back in those days, it, it seemed like there weren't 2,000 people wow. there. Wow. Uh, and it was, it was hard to believe. I, I've always, I've always really wondered, maybe Phoenix has gotten so big that it's such a, a pro town now yep. more than a college town. Uh, because, man, um, you know, the, to, to play in what was a Pac-12 now going to the Big 12, that's great college sports, man. Yeah, and Hurley's done a hell of a job there. I mean, I know he has his critics and that kind of thing, but I think the guy's done a great job. I'm totally with you because this is a program that he's the only coach in the history of the program that's ever gone to the NCAA tournament three straight years. I mean, can you imagine Xavier or UC not going to the tournament one, you know, three straight years and, and everybody's saying, well, I'm okay with that. That would never happen yeah. in a college basketball city. And here it's like, oh, I don't care. You should do it. Like you said, with pro yeah. sports. Um, I, one of the, the main reason I wanted to have you on is there's a guy that hardly anybody knows, I think, in Phoenix. We had a massive hole with the Diamondbacks at third base really for years. And this trade for A. Eugenio Suarez, even though it was with the Mariners, that's when the heart of you being a voice of the Reds, I'm sure you know him well. Tell him, tell me baseball-wise and personality-wise what you think of how that fits for the Diamondbacks. Well, I'll start with a personality-wise, Doug, because i got to tell you, uh, in the 31 or 32 years that, uh, that I had uh, the fortune and the blessing of broadcasting Major League Baseball, there aren't five guys that I liked more than A. Eugenio Suarez. Wow. He is just a fantastic guy. He's always smiling. He's always upbeat. Um, you know, I remember uh, we were in Milwaukee, uh, it's, it's a number of years ago because he's been gone from Cincinnati for a few years right. now. I think two or three with Seattle since he was traded out there. But I remember I, I was sitting uh, at the Fister Hotel having breakfast in the morning, uh, sitting there with a couple of other young Spanish-speaking players. Uh, Suarez is from Venezuela. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the education level for the Latin countries down there in Venezuela is far better or has been traditionally. 
<laughs> say for a kid who's growing up in the Dominican Republic, right? Okay. Um, and, and, and I remember he called me over to the table and he said, Tom, explain to these guys the importance of being able to, to, to step out of your comfort zone and try to do interviews in English. I'm trying to tell these guys, you have to do it. You have to do it. Yeah, you might make a mistake. Yeah, you might say something in a certain way that that's not exactly what you meant to say. So it does not your primary language. Um, but I tell you, the guy, I just loved him. Uh, he was a hell of a player here. Yes. Uh, he, he was not only hitting home runs, playing great third base. He came over in a trade from Detroit where he's originally a shortstop. Reds moved him to third, wound up going to the All-Star game and, and was just a, a rock-solid player here. Um, I don't know what's happened to him as far as being a better hitter is concerned. Now, he's hit a lot of home runs, yep. and he drove in a lot of runs last season. He drove in, what, 100 runs or almost 100 runs. So he's still hitting home runs. But his, when he was here, you know, he was a 260, 270, 280 hitter. And the last few years, including his last year here, those numbers had started to really drop. I don't know if he was swinging for the fence. Mm. You know, chicks dig the long ball and he wants to get paid <laughs> the big money you know, hitting the home run, you know. Uh, but he, he's a hell of a player. And uh, he's committed to being good. Um, great guy, like I said. And I, and I think the Diamondbacks uh, – uh, they their homework in bringing this guy on board because, you know, Longoria was there, savvy veteran, yeah. uh, you know, on a primarily very young team. And you need guys uh, that, that the young players can look up to. And you need Hispanic-speaking speak, players that a lot of the young players, like the Diamondbacks have, can look up to and learn from. And, and Suarez will be an excellent leader. Uh, for that entire clubhouse and organization. I hope he plays well there because he's the best. I'm glad you said that because for me, there's always been a second Latino to help out Cattell Marte, whether it's David Peralta. Uh, yep. For for uh, a while, we had Eddie here, the third baseman that's bounced around or shortstop a lot. With the now he's with the Mets, and you always had somebody to to be the second guy. And last year we didn't, we didn't have that yep. person. So to have Suarez here, and then that's a uh, a fantastic story about him. This is out of nowhere. Tell me a Jerry Colangelo story. Well, I mean, you know, Doug, the, 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 the one that always stands out to me, I remember uh, I had made the decision to uh, leave the Chicago Cubs uh, at the end of the 1995 baseball season. And so I was in Chicago and, you know, uh, October, the season had just ended. I had to honor the rest of my contract through the end of the calendar year and was doing a bunch of sports talk show stuff, morning drive sports, whatever. And I was still doing the uh, NFL on the weekends for Fox. And uh, I, I got a phone call from Scott Brubaker, who at the time was a senior vice president for the Diamondbacks uh, on light. And he said, hey, what are you doing uh, next Monday? And I said, well, nothing next Monday. I said, I got to travel uh, for a football game debate. I said, well, why do you ask? He says, I'd like you to fly out here. You know, Jerry would like to, to meet you. And I had only briefly met him. I mean, mm -hmm. for 10 seconds. Hey, how are you, Mr. Colangelo? Nice to see you. And on we go. Um, so long story short, I fly out on a Sunday night uh, from Green Bay to Phoenix through Minneapolis. Uh, not sure exactly why it is that he wants to meet with me. Um, and I walk into his office at America West Arena at the time. 
uh, we sit down and he starts picking my brain about um, about broadcast. You know, Chicago guy watch games. I have been doing the Cubs games. He's like, you know, you and Harry Carey are flip flopping in the middle of games and you're coming back. Do you like that? Or would you rather have a radio team, TV team separate? Don't switch. Up. Blah, blah, blah. Went on and on and on and on. Just philosophical stuff about how you would put together uh, a broadcast team. And we talked for maybe um, an hour and a half. And he says, hey, listen, he said, we're trying to bring an NHL team to Phoenix. I've got to go to a meeting about that for about the next hour and a half. Are you staying in town tonight? I said, yes, I am. Uh, he said, um, could you come back, say, uh, 2, 33 o'clock this afternoon? And I said, of course. So I come back. I walk in the door. And there Jerry sits with Rich Dozer, who was his president with the Suns, had already been named president of the Diamondbacks. Uh, I had never met Rich Dozer. I knew his dad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden he says to me, hey, look, I want to hire you today to be the first TV announcer for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And and I, I mean, I, I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> and you said this I'm is like, 95, right? Serious? The team's three years yeah, out. This is, this, is, this is the winter of 95. The team is not playing until 1998. He says, I need somebody to put together my radio network, my TV network. I know you've never done it, but you can't do it. And I want you to do it. And I want to hire you, and I want you to tell me right now what you think about that. <laughs> and I'm single at the time. I was uh, 31, I think. Um, was still single and not been married. Uh, and I remember as a 31-year-old, I, I, I walk out of the room, and this was pre-cell phone days. Yeah. And so I, I asked him, could I use a, a, a phone and make a long call? I called my mom, not my dad. I called my mom, and I'm like, Mom, I think I'm moving to Arizona. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I think I'm moving to Arizona. I walked back in the door and I said, I'm in. And he says, all right. He says, I need you back here at 530 because we're going to hold a press conference before the Suns game tonight. <laughs> and end of story. It was unbelievable. It was absolutely unbelievable. That's fantastic. I have, I mean, and then I, I've heard part, I've heard parts of it, but I never knew you called mom. That, that's the part that makes me laugh yeah, the most is mom. that you called yeah. mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Always, it's always about mom. And at the end of the day, that is such a cool story. Now flip it because you know the World Series was the last game. Tell me a Gubna story. Give me a Greg Schulte story. Well, the governor's just the best. I mean, you know, he got the nickname, uh, uh, the governor, from Bob Brenly and me. We, would, we, we were in Montreal, and, uh, and we had gone out to a bar, and we're all hanging out after a game one night. Uh, no, it was an off day. I'm sorry. It was an okay. off day because we'd gone to dinner, uh, and it, you had to wear a sport coat to dinner. And so um, – and, and so we go to dinner and then we go to this, this bar in downtown Montreal, really nice place. Um, you know, they've got couches and chairs. Oh, yeah. and, you okay. know, it's just a really sort of old school Montreal French yeah. kind of, you know, whatever. And I mean, we had no business being in there, that crew, <laughs> Leo Gilmartin and I think Richard signs and, you know, everybody else in there, friendly and me and, and then uh, Scott Geyer and Mark Rita and God rest his soul. And we're all sitting in there. And I remember just looking over at the governor, and he, he wasn't overserved, but I, I have no doubt that I was overserved. <laughs> and he's sitting there in his chair that had these arms, this big, 
billowy, huge chair, and he's just kind of sitting there, and his arms are up on the thing. He's got the sport coat on. He looks like a million bucks. He's sitting there, and I said, you know what, Greg? I said, you look like the governor of some southern state. I said, why don't we just start calling you the governor? And, you know, that was it. That was oh it. He's the best, man. He's the best. I'm so I'm so happy for him. He and I have really stayed in close contact, as I have with a lot of people back there. Yeah. Leo Gilmartin, the radio engineer. I said Richard Signs and Scott Geyer and even Derek Hall. I mean, I've stayed in contact with all of those guys. And, um, you know, I, I from a personal standpoint, making the move uh, from, from city was was the best thing that I could have ever done. Uh, it, not to say that you, you can't raise great kids or bad kids anywhere because you right. can. Uh, but, but it just so happened the tiny little town we live in, um, just outside of Cincinnati, it was just a, a phenomenal, like Mayberry, like uh, growing up for them, and, and thank God for it. Professionally, you know, I, I look back on it now, and even though it was a phenomenal experience to be around my dad, the last you know, a number of years of his career before he retired. And I got to be a part of all that as we traveled around the league and they'd honor him. I get to be with him and and some of the things that went on that last season. Professionally, probably a mistake, probably a mistake because um, Phoenix, I love that place. I mean, my wife's born and raised there. I got married there. Our kids were born and baptized there. And, you know, my father-in-law still lives out there and I, I just love it. I, I love it. And I, and I loved working for the Diamondbacks and Jerry and, and even Ken Kendrick, who was uh, starting to get a lot more involved while I was still there. It, it's a great group. It's a great franchise. And I'm really happy for their success this year. Oh, that's so cool of you to say. And, and some of the people that you mentioned, I feel the same way about them. And uh, because our timing was terrible. It was the year you were leaving is the first year of the Doug and Wolf show. So I, I've never had a chance to get a beer with you, but guaranteed next time you you're, you're in town meeting yep. meeting your father-in-law. Please text me and uh, and let's get Absolutely. a beer. Last thing is plug yourself. What, what what what's the Tom Brenneman of today doing so you can get some attention? I call everybody that listens to my podcast the Unplugged Army. So I want to send some some people your way to check what you're doing out. Well, you know, I I, I obviously made a terrible mistake. Uh, I wasn't going to bring it up. I was going to like let that go. You don't need to worry about that. I mean, dude, it's been three and a half years. It's one of those things where, you know, um, I flippantly used a word in a comment while we're sitting in the studio uh, with two or three other guys broadcasting a Reds game. Um, uh, During COVID, we were not traveling with a team. And uh, I flippantly used a word that that I had not used in I don't know how long. I don't know where it came from, why it came from, but it came from me. Uh, And and I'm the one that has to own it. And I've had to live with the uh, repercussions from it. You know, I've done everything I can, uh, if there is such a thing, to sort of right my wrong in the uh, gay community. Uh, In fact, three or four of the biggest uh, gay men in sports whether it's Billy Bean with Major League Baseball, whether it's uh, Sid Ziegler with Outsports, uh, among many, many others, uh, they've actually called teams to uh, endorse uh, hiring me. Oh, that's so. Awesome. You know, look, I've done I've done everything I can, um, and you know, um, it only takes one person to say, "Hey, look, you know, the guy made a mistake." You know, it's been three and a half years now. Um, you know, the, the, the punishment uh, has been exercised and, 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 you know, it's time perhaps now to have a little forgiveness and to move on. It hasn't happened. 
Um, and, you know, whether it ever will or not, there was, a you know, for a couple of years there, I had a really hard time with it. But uh, now, you know, I'm kind of at peace with the whole thing. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, I have a lot to be thankful for. We have a little startup company here called Chatterbox Sports. That's where I'm sitting right now, our Chatterbox okay. Sports logo over there. And uh, so I do a daily sports talk show like you're doing yeah. uh, from 10 o'clock Eastern time to uh, noon Eastern time every single day, primarily on local sports, Reds, Bengals, UC, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera, Ohio State. But, um, you know, we we're lucky if for no other reason, my old Rolodex, we get a lot of national guests. So we've been very lucky in that regard. And uh, and you can find us. We broadcast every day. If you go to YouTube, we're at Chatterbox Sports page. Uh, and we're on Twitter every day at Seabox Sports. And so uh, if somebody wants to tune in, they may not care what's going on in Cincinnati uh, sports-wise, but uh, if they want to tune in, we'd love to have them. Well, my parents listen to me, so I guarantee you they still live in Bellbrook where I grew up. So I oh, guarantee you. Yeah, great I guarantee, town, I, Oh, absolutely. Nice I guarantee you they're going to start – my dad's going to start paying attention to it. But I got to tell you, you should not live your life thinking of what does Doug Franz think of you. But my respect level for you was already high. And for you to just open up and go where you went, when I, I brought it up to my listeners before you came on – just to tell them, I'm not bringing that up. It's been three and a half years. Get over it. But since you brought it up, I got to tell you this great story because I can't imagine what you learned by going through it is one of my friends since I moved out here. As soon as I got here, Tom, two people picked up the phone. The first two people that called me, and I can't remember who was first. It was Derek Hall in welcoming me yep. and letting me know if there's anything I need. And it was Rick Welts of the Suns. And so I became very close with Rick over the years and him and I would have breakfast or lunch two or three times a year just to make sure I knew what was going on with the Suns and everything else. And I'll never forget talking to him about Kobe using the slur that you used on the court one time and people really upset that sat in the first few rows of a Lakers game. And when I'm talking to him about it, he looked at me and he said, Doug, here's why it offends me because... I am in a situation where you're trying to think of a low form of a man. He's only talking about Kobe. He says, you're trying to think of a low form of a man, and the first thing you think of is me. Yep. And when he said yep. that, I was like, wow. And I didn't use the term, but I admit I didn't care about somebody. Like It didn't affect me at all. I didn't even yep. think about it, anything yep. like that. And to hear Rick pull out that emotion from me when I was not involved in a controversy, it made me a better person. So I ask, yeah. how much of a better person are you with those conversations that you went through? Because I had to imagine they were a lot more raw than me just having a beer with Rick Welts. Oh, they were extremely raw. In fact, uh, there were some of them where I wanted to just crawl under a, a oh, rock and, and, and never come out again. But I remember just one that you know, a young gay man who I met here in town who runs an organization, a national organization, it's called P Flag. And basically, P Flag is for people who learn um, that their son or their daughter or their brother or their sister or whomever is gay. And now, a community of people that, okay, now that I've learned this, you know, how do I handle this? Yes, yeah. I still love fill in the blank. But, you know, for a lot of people, it's something they just have to kind of come to grips with and, and, and share stories with others who have been down that road. So the guy who runs PFLAG here in Cincinnati is a guy named Dan Davison. And um, we went, uh, he and I were sitting down one day 
And I said, you know, and I, and I was asking this question to a lot of different people I was meeting with. I'm like, what's that word mean to you that I said? And he said, look, he said, I was living in Seattle at the time. He said he was going to uh, this uh, party where you had to dress in drag. Uh, but he said anybody could see me walking down the street, knew that I was a guy that was dressed up as a woman. Um, he said, and I, I'm getting ready to go up on a crosswalk uh, in downtown Seattle. He says, and I'm walking across and it's, it's three lanes and, you know, there's a clearly a crosswalk there. You're supposed to stop pedestrian right away, et cetera. All three lanes stop. So he walks across the first lane, walks across the second lane. As he's starting to go across the third lane, the third lane, this car runs right over him Whoa. right there in the street, knocks out all his teeth, breaks multiple bones in his body. To this day, he has to walk with a cane. Uh, he was in the hospital for almost three months. Oh so not God. only does the guy do that, he gets out of the car. He walks over while the guy's lying there on the ground with all his teeth out and bleeding all over the place, broken bones everywhere. And he calls him that word that I used that Rick referred to, that you were talking to Rick about. Now, look, um, you know, you start hearing things like that and you're like, man, mm. you know, I might have grown up in a time and you might have grown up a time. I'm a little older than you are, but where, you know, you, you, uh, you know, you used to hear that word, you know, all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it never really sunk in. I mean, it really did. And, and to be quite honest with you, I'm amazed how much it's still used today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm really amazed how much that word among young people is used today. Um, because I, 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 our son was a, a son and daughter, but our son especially is phenomenal uh, lacrosse player, goalie uh, here in Cincinnati. And uh, I'd go to a lot of high school games and be close to the field. And, uh, and, and I was amazed. I would hear from, from, from kids out on the field running around, thank God, not my son. He learned the lesson. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, anyway, it's – you know, you, you, you try to grow, you try to get better. Uh, I'd like to think that, that I'm a better person and a better man than, than I was the, the man who used that word that night. Uh, all you can do is just keep going. Just keep going. I mean, thank God, you know, everybody's healthy. Uh, nobody's starving. Nobody's freezing to death in this 25-degree weather here uh, in our family. And so, you know, you just keep on rolling and, and do the best you can, man. Yeah. Well, man, again, I never expected to go down this road, but you made me a better person. And I think people that are listening have even more respect for you than they did. Uh, God bless your family and everything that you've Thank been you. through. I mean, you deserve, you. you deserve that phone call and I, and I hope it happens for you. Uh, as long as it's not the Diamondbacks job, because I admit I want it, but any other job. All right. Well, that's okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much for Thank your Thank you, Tom. Words. This was fantastic. Right, I, I, I owe you a beer. Merry Christmas. All right, man. Thank There's, you. You're welcome. There's Tom. Man, I am so jacked up as a human being to go through that experience talking to Tom Brenneman. Again, I, I can't stress it enough the way I – I mean, I – of course, wanted to be a Major League Baseball player first. And then after my career was over, I wanted to replace Tom's dad. It is, I wanted to be the voice of the Reds. And his father is famous in, in that part of the country for being the most honest play-by-play -play guy in the history of sports. And I, and I say, I'm not saying he's Vince Scully, but, and I mean Vince Scully's talent, 
because I, I do think Vin is the best of all time. But for whatever reason, for a Dodger fan who grew up with Vin, if you're a young D-backs fan and you grew up with the governor, no matter who it is, Marty is my pinnacle. Tom's dad is the throne that nobody will ascend to me. And the things he would say, that's bad baseball right there. We And just hammering guys. It was incredible. And then guys getting mad at his dad on the plane and stories like that. And his dad not backing down saying, I'm calling it like I see it. But he would equally be full of praise when somebody was that way. I pray that when you listen to Doug Franz Unplugged, you feel that from me. That when somebody deserves their flowers, I'm over the end on them. And when I think somebody should get ripped, then I go at them. But I try to always keep it towards their sports character and i try to rarely go down the personal road sometimes i do think somebody should get a beat down personally and i i do give it but when you open yourself up like that i've got to be willing to accept it when i deserve it as well and hopefully i i do a good job of all that but i want you to know where it came from and it it comes from listening to marty brenneman all those years and then i hope for you if you're a diamondbacks fan what you took out of that being able to reconnect with tom hear stories about jerry colangelo and then like i said i was never going to go down the uh the homosexual slur that he used in that road at all i think man that man deserves to have that be buried now and for him to bring it up and then be so open about that story oh because remember how he started that story asking what does this word mean to you and to one person it meant almost death it meant death in a sense because it reminds him of that moment. Wow. I'm really happy with today's show, if you can't tell. All right, let's, uh, let me get a break so I can get some water here and kind of, like, wow, get my emotions back in check. And let's talk uh, Arizona Cardinals, a little bit of ASU hoops as well. Thanks for being on this journey with me. It's just, I, I never know what's going to happen, and I'm really positive about today's show, and, and hopefully I helped, uh, Tom helped affect your life a little bit. This is Doug Franz Unplugged. We're presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now it's big it's juicy it's meaty get your burrito at burrito express if you're having a hangover a bad day even a good day still get your burrito at burrito express it will make you feel better i i ran around a little bit jeff Weird Production sent me a text, and I, I went back uh, to uh, talk to him about the text. I'll just tell you, it says, good interview, and, I, and, and all caps. Of, and I was uh, just jacked up, and I went over there to tell Jeff, are you kidding? Yeah! And it, like, it just jacks you up, at least for me in this industry, to know 
that you whenever you have a great conversation with somebody and uh and so i'm just so glad thank thank you as a member of the unplugged army for helping me get to this point where i still have a job i have something and and then can affect people the way that i that interview affected me that conversation so i i loved every second of that so thanks Suns a winner last night, 112 to 105. I'm going to get to Cardinals in just a second. This Booker thing is really scary. And it I don't think anybody in the country is thinking about Devin Booker as an MVP. But I I'm really starting to believe it's time to start that train. And the reason why and when I say that, I, I know there's a lot of you that are good fans that you're at a Suns game, he's at the free throw line and the MVP chance starts. But when you really look at it is beginning of the season he's not playing kd is was great kd has been incredible all year but it's a below 500 team with devin booker out then devin booker plays a little bit things start going well then he gets hurt again things are bad then he comes back from the most recent injury seven game winning streak boom and they're the hottest team in basketball he gets hurt last night. If you didn't see the game, turned his ankle, stepping on Dennis Schroeder's foot, and it was a bad sprain. So now he should be out, and he demands to go back in, even in the same quarter. It's a third-quarter injury, and he comes back in the third. He finishes the game 2 of 12 from the field for only eight points, was a massive liability defensively, and uh, just, just really struggled, and yet wasn't taking himself out, was still playing as much as he could. And the reason why I bring that up is they lost again. So with Devin Booker either not in the lineup or with Devin Booker playing but terribly injured, this is about a 500 team, maybe a hair below. And they lose to the Raptors who were a below five. They still are. I think, well, I shouldn't act like I know, but I think the Toronto Raptors were eight and 10 going into the game. So I'm going to take a wild guess if I'm right and say they're nine and 10 now. So you, you just lost to a below 500 team by seven points, still had some chances to win the game, but you know, it was always a dogfight the whole time without Booker really being, and he wasn't having a great game, you know, before the injury. So, you know, I do want to be fair to that. But that's what I mean of how valuable is he? When you talk about the most valuable player, it's becoming clear if he plays, this is one of the best teams in the game. If he doesn't play, they're not. Now, there's a lot of people you can say that about, okay? I mean, I would – Jokic, would you rather have him, okay? I mean, Jokic is the best player on the planet. Maybe it's LeBron. I st- uh, uh, maybe it's Giannis. I actually think it's Jokic because of all that he does, even though it's the strangest <laughs> – strangest thing to watch when he's playing because he's the least athletic guy on the floor but he sees the game like nobody else we could have a great debate right now on who is the best basketball player in the world I'm not ready to say it's Devin Booker but if we're arguing who is the most valuable person to their team I'm not even going to try to argue with you if you say it's Jokic I mean you have so many facts on your side that how can I I mean what am I going to say but I, I sit here and I really think it's Booker right now because the proof is, it's almost like it's proven, below 500 team without him, maybe second, third best team in basketball with him. Okay, sold. That's the guy. Now, since I said second or third best, that's your argument to say, well, 
you know, Giannis is pretty good, and Tatum's pretty good, and Jokic is pretty good, and their teams are pretty good. So I'm going to choose somebody else over Devin Booker. But it's a great, uh, it's a great conversation piece. Okay, uh, let's get into Cardinals. If you just tuned in, if you're a live viewer on WTSMTV.com, first of all, thank you for being a live viewer. Secondly, if you're not a live viewer, let me tell you, there's three levels, basic, live, and premium, and you can be a winner if you are on any of those three levels. Today is uh, Thursday of our week of winners. It's the last day, however, for you to be able to be a winner without being in the premium, okay? Premium is our opportunity for you to win tomorrow. You've got to be a premium member to win in the uh, gift for tomorrow. Today's prize that you could win is a $100 gift card to AMC Theaters. They're dedicated to bringing innovative ways for you to see movies. I hope you don't think this is boring when I read this, but when a company's nice enough to give us $100 gift card for you. I, I want to give them a, a free plug that's worthy of what they've done for us. Don't just visit a theater. Experience the AMC difference of premium formats that bring you superior acoustics, richer imagery, and a choice between real 3D, real D 3D, Dolby Cinema, and IMAX. Now playing at select theaters. The Marvel's Taylor Swift, The Era's Tour, Five Nights at Freddy's, Killer of the Flower Moon, The Holdovers, and many more. Visit amctheaters.com to see showtimes thanks to amc uh for that and i know that they've got a good beer on tap at the one that's uh, close by to our house even though i'm i like movies i just don't have a lot of time for them so i don't go to a lot but i but uh, i'm almost always at an amc theater when i uh, when i've gone tomorrow is the grand prize must be a premium member to uh to win and this is incredible what you're what you have a chance to win foursome a whirlwind golf club at wild horse pass that i'm picking up today lunch at civlic indoor clubhouse restaurant from executive chef john farley the wings are unbelievable three right-handed titleist wedges yes titleist wedges and that is valued at about fourteen hundred dollars premium Go for that. Sign up today. Sign up tomorrow and try to be a, uh, a premium member. And good luck. Good luck. I'll be excited to be able to give you that prize if you are indeed the winner. I'm going to pick it up today. And I'm also going to 100 Mile Brewing Company to pick up the keg for tomorrow. A Mountain Amber Ale. Here we go. Here we go. Jeff Weir Production, are uh, you going to be able to hold yourself to one? I'm a little nervous about that for myself. Uh, We'll see. I like. Uh, That's a good answer. I like multiple beers. That's a good answer. That's a good. It's a pretty manly beer for you, so I'm proud of you stepping. Well, up. I actually went. I sent you a photograph of my daughter when I went over yes, the weekend. Yes. Yes. And I had the A Mountain Amber Ale. I tried it, and it was very good. Oh, good. Here, you know, here's a great story. I'm glad that you brought that up. That uh, about you and your daughter going. And I, you know, it's funny. I have your text stream up on my uh, iPad right now, so I see her playing. Um, uh, Jenga. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, it's not live, remember. It's your old picture. <laughs> it's like I'm not looking at it and she's over there now at the bar. Um, I got a text yesterday and it was just a picture of a menu and a beer at 100 Mile Brewing Company. You'll never guess in a million years who it came from. Free plug for Mikey at Bell's Nashville Kitchen. The guy owns a bar, but as a member of the Unplugged Army, he went to support another member of the unplugged army and went to 100 mile brewing company 
I just... Emotions. Okay, I just... I, I couldn't believe that. And I, posted it. And, That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. It just means the world to me because, I mean, you're already a bar owner. But when I tell you this is how the Unplugged Army grows, this is how we make an economic impact, this is how other sports franchises start to have to say, wow, I've got to take WTSM seriously, is things like that. And here is Mikey saying, okay... I, I understand that's my role. I'm going and, and did it. So as I'm talking about 100 Mile Brewing Company, I am darn sure going to make sure I say something about Bell's Nashville Kitchen. Scottsdale, they're an old town. If you're on, it's on Main Street. But just think about Scottsdale Road through the heart of Scottsdale. Once you get to that intersection of Scottsdale and Main Street, just go east and it's literally 50 feet on your left. I mean, boom, there it is right there. Park right there. Walk in. Say you're in the unplugged army. Jordan or Janelle will take great care of you. And uh, you'll have a wonderful time. I guarantee it. And uh, the beer is cold. The Whiskey Wizard's unbelievable. If you like mixed drinks uh, or or want to learn more about whiskey, my oldest, the 23-year-old, and Jennifer are whiskey aficionados as well. It's an old, it's a funny Cincinnati term. What I said there. Sorry that I slipped that out. It's it's incredible to experience the the freshness of the food that's there. On top of the fact that you won't believe it's a great country bar. And take it from me, because I hate country music. I'm sorry. I, I cannot stand it. And yet, where do I go? I, I love going to Bell's because the food is that good. The service is that good. So uh, I hope to see you uh, December 9th, by the way, for our uh, second annual Unplugged Army holiday event when we are at uh, Bell's. I'll be there at 4 o'clock. I won't, I'll be leaving either at 10 o'clock or whenever Jennifer says you're done here. Uh, but I, I plan on staying very late because I want you to be able to fit the party into your schedule. So if you've got somewhere you've got to go on Saturday, December 9th, go there and come see us. Come see us before you go there. And if you have nowhere to go December 9th, then come eat dinner and sit and, and meet other people in the Unplugged Army. And I hope to have a great time with you. All right, let's do Cardinals. And uh, we already played some of the Jonathan Gannon, but we haven't dug uh, a little deeper. So if you could, why don't you give me a JG4? And it talks about basically the respect for maybe one of the pre- not he definitely one of, but maybe the premier uh, franchise in all of football. I think all of it, you know what I mean? There's consistency with what they've been doing for a long time. Um, they they definitely, you can see the type of players that they have that they value um, through their draft process and player acquisition. Uh, Coach Tomlin is not confused about who he brings in that building. I know that. And, um, and you see it show up. The reason why I wanted you to hear that is obviously Tom Brady – Opinionated statement, but I, I'm going to have a hard time understanding your opinion if you disagree with me. Greatest quarterback of all time. And the reason why I think that's important, and Bill Belichick, I realize a lot of people want to argue about it now of whether or not he's that good of a coach. And I, I think you're crazy to argue it, but it does show the importance of quarterback with how quickly the Patriots have failed. And Bill Belichick needs to wear a lot of it. Because it was one of the dumbest decisions. I, I kind of jumped topic, so sorry. It's one of the dumbest decisions in the history of football 
to have had Matt Patricia, your defensive coordinator for years, fired head coach of the Detroit Lions, come walking in and say, okay, now you're going to be the play caller. And I'll never forget what Vance Joseph said in a press conference before a Cardinals-Patriots game in which he said he calls the game like a defensive coordinator would. A lot of screens and draws, a lot of things to try to make a defense uncomfortable, be safe, be conservative, and play great defense. And and he meant that as an incredible compliment, that it's hard to defend an offense drawn up by a defensive coordinator. But even though he didn't mean it insulting, it's exactly what that is, and it should have been, is that Bill Belichick, what are you doing? I mean, Bill Belichick seriously – for a guy that thinks nobody in the media knows what they're talking about, for a guy that disrespects outsiders of football as much as he does, it is so disrespectful to the coaching position to think some guy who has zero experience at doing that job can succeed at it. It would have been a bad decision if you did it with Brady at quarterback. But to do it with Mac Jones, when this guy is showing promise as a rookie and there's never a year like going from year one to year two in a quarterback's life, that, that's the most important year. Because year one, you're, you're trying to get drafted. You, you don't, you're not even a member of the team until April. You haven't done anything and you don't even know how to prepare yet. And then that second year, that whole offseason is nothing but football to get you to understand what you're about now that you have a basis for what you're going through. And in going into that second year, you say, here's our offensive play caller. Yeah, he's never done it. He's never even coached offense at the NFL level. That's, that's really unforgivable. Now, I'm not saying Mac Jones would have been the greatest quarterback of all time. I want to give you the truth. I loved him coming out of the draft. So I, you know, I deserve a beatdown. I, I do have to eat a little crow, but I admit I'm going to try to avoid it. I'm going to try to tell you I'm not fully wrong because I, I blame Bill Belichick. I blame Matt Patricia. Now, at some point, hey, you're the player. Suck it up. Figure it out. And Mac Jones is terrible right now. But I think they damaged him. I think they crushed that guy. And I don't think uh, he'll be worth anything ever again. And that decision is so terrible by the Patriots because he did show a lot of promise as a rookie. Anyway, having said that, the reason why I brought all that up about the Patriots is to say, where would Mike Tomlin be if it wasn't for the greatness of Tom Brady? I mean, Mike Tomlin, there's a chance he could have four Super Bowl rings. He had a quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger's going to be a Hall of Famer. He had a strong running game. He had a Hall of Fame center. He had great players defensively. He's a fantastic coach and controls situations for the most part very well. I mean, there's a couple guys where he's had them as players, and you're like, uh, how could you not have handled that any better? How did you allow that to get out of control? Maybe like a a receiver out of Central Michigan, let's say. So things like that, he deserves a little bit of a beatdown, but he's a legendary head coach, definitely going to the Hall of Fame. And that is the pinnacle. And I like what JG said. They know exactly who they're bringing into the building. And even though Steve Kime was a disaster at the end of his tenure with the Arizona Cardinals and deserved to be fired much sooner than he was. And that's a horrible ownership mistake that they'll have to wear for years. There was a time in Steve Kime's life where he was good at his job and he did work hard. 
at his job. And he always used to say, I won't miss on players' talents. I'll miss on players' hearts. And that's the hardest thing to get right. Do they love the game? Will they play it no matter what? In a sense, would they play it for free? Then let's pay those guys the most, the ones that will play it for free. And if you think of it in that term, you can see here's a guy that used to be good at his job saying this is the hardest part. Then you look at the Steelers on how most of the time they always get that question right on bringing in certain people in the way that they play the game. It's a really good topic. Um, if you could, give me a JG7, if you, uh, if you could, Jeff Weir. Uh, JG7, in which uh, Jonathan Gannon is going into what he expects to see from his O-line. Yeah, I would say consistency I'm looking for is move people in the run game and give us some give us some triangles to hit and then keep the quarterback upright. And that's all all of them individually and then collectively playing together as a unit, too. So the consistency of the communication, the calls, uh, the technique, fundamentals, all those things go into what I just said. So I'm looking forward to getting out on the grass today and going going about our business. There's also a topic that was brought up as I, that's kind of interesting in which Mike Tomlin said at his press conference that T.J. Watt is the greatest player, the greatest defensive player on the planet right now. And if he would have said of all time, that's where I go, and I'm even one that gets questioned. My knowledge of the game gets severely questioned because I am of the opinion that the greatest defensive player is not the one everybody else says it is. I think the greatest defensive player of all time is Aaron Donald. And I would say there are zero, maybe 0.1% of real football historians that agree with me. I am not a football historian. I don't deserve the tag. I liked, I would like to be considered one baseball-wise, but I accept the fact if you have a meeting of the great historians of baseball, they would quickly ask me to leave the meeting or I would be forced to buy a ticket to the meeting and that would be the only way I got in. So I'm not at the elevated level of real baseball historians, but I'm pretty good. Football... I love the game, but the knowledge just isn't strong enough to say I'm a football historian. But if you don't mind me giving you my opinion anyway, I understand the greatness of Lawrence Taylor. I saw it even though I was young and didn't respect it, but I do now. I've seen the film. I've talked to so many players, and it's not even up for discussion for older players. Lawrence Taylor is the greatest of all time. Don't talk about somebody else. And he revolutionized the game. But... For me, Aaron Donald wrecks the game that much more because of the defensive tackle position, and his relentlessness is second to none in the way he plays the game. Um, Now, T.J. Watt being smaller, you could argue, plays just as hard, and I would have to be forced to accept that. But for me, it's Aaron Donald is the greatest defensive player of all time. But I accept T.J. Watt as the greatest right now. I do. 
I do. And Aaron Donald is still unbelievable. But imagine this offensive line where you have back-to-back weeks. Here's Aaron Donald, and now here's a totally different type of threat that creates just as many problems in T.J. Watt. So let's switch to Kyler. And if you could give me Kyler 1, Jeff Weir Production, this is the complete smack in the face on Kyler immediately because guess what the topic is? T.J. Watt. Uh, yeah, very aware of him. Uh, last time I suited up against Steelers my rookie year. Um, so played, you know, played against him before. Uh, obviously, it's, it was a while ago, but you know, he's he's obviously a great player. Uh, they got they got a, you know many great players over there. So I mean, it's it's gonna be a good defense. It's gonna be a good challenge for us. Obviously, we got we're you know got to be aware of him, um, and we will be. So um, try to you know eliminate him as much as possible. Yeah, good luck on that. I this is really going to be interesting to me because I told you my feelings about the Rams game. Cardinals playing against the Rams and I didn't think they did a good job with Kyler and I'm really dying to know why. And he, and here's why I say that. I haven't seen enough evidence to say Drew Petzing, the offensive coordinator is not good at his job. I haven't seen enough evidence to say he's he's bad at his job. But the Rams, there's been a couple games where I didn't like this call, I didn't like that call, blah, blah, blah. But the Rams game was so confusing to me because why did you go away from him being under center? It, that was the major topic going into the season is that he's going to be under center more than he has been like by you know tenfold. And they dwindled it down as the game went on, the times under center. And that's when you talk to defensive guys, it's harder for them when the quarterback is under center. And the reason why is this. There's so many more options, and therefore everybody has more responsibilities. So you don't – the play fake is easier to read if a quarterback's in the shotgun. The play fake simply is the fake handoff. So it's easier to know, and everybody when the quarterback's in the shotgun knows, okay, if the running back's on his left, well, that means you've got this responsibility. And if the running back moves over in the shotgun and is standing to the, the quarterback's right, then it becomes, all right, now you've got this responsibility. Everybody knows this. You know this. You know this. You know this. When the quarterback's under center – you don't truly know your responsibilities because the the running back is behind him in either the eye, well, he's hardly ever in the eye anymore, but it's a single setback directly behind the quarterback. You don't kind of figure out your responsibilities until the play is developing. And you have to have a much higher level of communication. Now, quarterbacks like the shotgun simply because they can see the defense better without having, when you're under center, you know, you've dropped down a little bit, plus Kyler being a short quarterback, it's hard for him to see over the defensive line to really know what's going on when he's under center. But I'm looking at those plays, and with Aaron Donald, you never tried to really go laterally with Kyler, running him immediately off tackle. Uh, those plays work and it makes the defensive line stretch and run back and forth. Makes it easier for James Conner to pound inside if you've got Kyler stretching the field to the outside. And they didn't do that. And it's not like Drew Pensing doesn't know that. You know, it's not like he sat down and said, you know what? 
we're going to try to run right at Aaron Donald, and we're going to just try to throw all day right. I, I mean, I can't imagine he he didn't know that. That's just – you don't get to that level and be that dumb, okay? So I have to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, what was your ulterior motive of why you didn't call those plays for Kyler, of why you bailed on Kyler in the game plan of being under center? And the only thing I can think of is if you felt like you had to prove to Kyler that this isn't the way to handle this. Or you were trying to prove to yourself, can he or can he not be the quarterback of the 2024 Arizona Cardinals? I mean, that's really what all of December is about. It's about that one question. Should Kyler Murray be the quarterback for the 2024 Cardinals? That's what the Cardinals are trying to figure out. And if it is an incredible answer, if the answer is yes, it is such a game changer to have probably the second pick in the NFL draft in a, in my opinion, good, not great quarterback draft. When I say good, it's almost like because there's such a high quantity of quarterbacks in this draft. And then the question becomes, okay, what's the quality of the quarterbacks in the draft? Caleb Williams gives you everything you've ever dreamed of as a quarterback. Problem is, he's kind of a turnover machine. And is this bad coaching from Lincoln Riley? Is it not taking the game seriously from a ball security standpoint? Can you fix those things? A lot of people looked at Jameis Winston the exact same way coming out of Florida State. That guy has everything you want in a leadership standpoint, in a physical standpoint, in seeing the field standpoint. Okay. But he's a turnover machine. It's okay. We can coach that out of him. Okay. They never did. They never did. And that's why Jameis Winston's a backup. Caleb Williams. It's, It's a huge topic. Can you coach it out of him? And then you, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is if Kyler is the guy, you've got gold in your hand with that second pick. For a team this bad, and you've got Monty Austin Fort, who opinionated statement, only one draft to judge him by, but I thought he did a good job running last year's draft. I think he's good at the draft. You could give him the opportunity on a team that's dearth of talent to be able to actually trade back down again like they did last year and recoup more picks for 2025 and then get a good player that while the while the rush is on for quarterbacks you've traded down you got more draft stash for later and people are picking quarterbacks in front of you that you think you don't need so the players you're targeting keep dropping to wherever you positioned yourself in the draft that's what I mean by this is gold if Kyler proves it So far, Kyler has not been good enough to be the quarterback for 2024. Not even remotely close. The reads he's missing, oh my gosh. Listen, if I can see you're missing the read, (laughs) and I don't even know the play, there's a problem. And then... Luckily enough, I have enough people in this city that are really kind to me that have some of them have played quarterback in the NFL. Some of them have played quarterback in college. Some of them are I would I would just put them as coaches um, that, that have, have touched the world. And, and they're people that are nice enough that, to talk to me every now and then they're seeing it much more dramatically than I am when I talk about this. So, you know, what's Kyler's future? It's a it's a 
really important question. Um, I think I'm Jeff for production. Am I one breakdown? I, I still owe another break, don't I? Uh, no, we've ran all the breaks. Oh, good, good. Well, then yeah. um, that was bad, you know, directing on my part. Uh, so I, that was, I just went up in flames there. But uh, so, so give me Kyler, too, then. Let's keep going on Kyler. Oh, I, I should have kind of teed you up for that. Like, you didn't have any idea where I was going. Uh, so sorry about this. That's 0 for 2 right there, uh, Doug Franz directing. But now, Kyler, number two, please. No, uh, I, I have, we have been blessed with uh, – not having too many cold games, you know, Chicago is probably the only one that I can think of uh, that was just terrible, you know. Um, five years in, I think that's, you know, it's pretty lucky. Um, you heard, if you were listening to the Tom Brenneman conversation, Tom said it's 25 degrees right now in Cincinnati. They're having a massive lake effect snow that's coming in, not in Cincinnati, but in the more northern parts. Pittsburgh, obviously further east than Cincinnati, but you might not realize it's a lot, not a lot, but it's it's further north than Cincinnati. So if you're already at 25 degrees now and the weather for Pittsburgh is supposed to be bone chilling coming up this weekend and now Kyler's got to play in it. Uh, Drew Petzing was talking about the weather earlier this week and the offensive coordinator said, I think it's really, really hard on coaches and media. Well, media, maybe not so much because you're sitting in a press box, but coaches, we're sober and we're on the field. (laughs) While the fans, they've had enough to drink so they can get through it. They're used to it and they've got all the gear on and the players, they get fired up to play a football game. I understand he says that. And I don't have any idea what it's like to be an NFL player. I don't know what it's like to travel with an NFL team. I've never done that before. But I can tell you, traveling with ASU, I I still really respect Todd Graham, the former head coach. And a lot of people don't. I get it. A lot of you, maybe as an ASU fan, didn't think he was very good. I thought he was a really good head coach. I thought what happened to him is – Ray Anderson was such a bad athletic director that Todd tried to bite off more than he can chew. Totally opinionated statement on my part. But there was not any kind of engagement with Ray Anderson and boosters. I know stories of of medium-sized boosters, not enormous, but medium-sized boosters who stopped donating money during Ray's tenure, and no one from the athletic department even called them. I shouldn't say I know people. I know one. That, that's a, I, I kind of got on a roll there, and I apologize. I know one booster who was giving quite a bit of money and just decided, what, what am I doing this for with Ray Anderson there? Stop donating. And you can argue all day long whether he should have or he should not have. I look at the hey, that's your money. It's none of my business. But he, he stopped donating. And then nobody called. I mean, really think about that. Guys donating six figures a year. And nobody calls them to say, hey, what happened? Why, why, why did we lose your money? What, what can we do better? That's the kind of thing that's happening. So what does Todd Graham do? He tries to fill in that gap, and he tries to bring in boosters. He, try, he donates his own money. He starts doing things to try to get the facilities higher. And he, didn't really, he, he kind of forgot that, hey, if I just win, I've got more things to sell to get better boosters or more money from the boosters I've got or more fan support and he thought I'm running a race and the tape keeps getting further away from me 
while the Oregons of the world, the USC's of the world, the tape is closer. They're running a shorter race than me, so I need to worry about this. That's my opinion, that that was his second biggest mistake. I'll always say his biggest mistake was benching Mike Bercovici and going back to Taylor Kelly. I thought that was terrible. Burko's hot right now. What are you doing? Okay, long story there, but the whole point about Todd Graham was the third biggest mistake. We had a game at Oregon State in Corvallis, and it was, I think it was about 18 degrees outside. And all week long, he didn't say a word about it. He told his players, I don't want to hear about the weather. That's, that's, that's a mental game. Don't be a wuss. Get ready. Just go play football. And didn't even want to address the weather situation at all in Corvallis. And the team goes up there as the number six team in the country and a, a legitimate chance to play in the college football playoff and lay the biggest egg, maybe even possibly the history of Arizona State. It was a horrible performance. Oregon State was okay. They, they were great, but they weren't terrible. They were, a good, they, were, they were a good team. And just ASU played like they didn't want to be there. Guys were all battling it out to get in front of the heater and not instead of going out and playing the Beavers. It was bad. So I, I bring that up to say there's Kyler talking about he's only had one really cold weather game to deal with. And since he's got an accuracy issue now, it'll be interesting to see this isn't the type of place to fix it going on uh, in Pittsburgh. So that's it for today. Again, I want to thank Tom Brenneman. I got versus Vegas coming up in just a second, but I want to get to uh, the main event and find out what's going on in the life of Steve McCollum and at the same time find out what's coming up on the main event today. Steve, how's your morning going? It's going good. Just started. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's Start, true. Starts at eight. <laughs> yeah, but being a morning talk show host, you're up. When do you get up? Uh, five, five thirty. Yeah, gamer. That's still that, that's still abnormal for for. Yeah, but it's an hour drive to get here. Is it know? that long? I wow. gotta I gotta put my show in, so you know, videos and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. not all of us have uh, the personal assistants like you have, Doug. Oh, I, in the morning, I thought you did too. So uh, you know, I gotta do all that myself. I gotta stop at McDonald's when I'm too lazy to cook breakfast. You know, it's a big morning. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a bagel and Mountain Dew guy, so I pop the bagel in, eat it on the way in. There's yeah, my the, breakfast. The problem is, is uh, I don't have any bagels right now oh, or okay. anything to cook, so I have eggs, but I didn't want to cook today. So you're, yeah. I love that. I didn't have any bagels to cook. And I'm like, well, I, I would say I cooked them. Yeah, put them in the toaster, right? Or, yeah. do you, or do you? Are you fancy? Do you have a bagel heater upper thingy? No, I, I have a bagel <laughs> setting on the regular toaster. Yeah. Oh, you're. Oh my God, but you I got don't a fancy have a, toaster. I don't have a specific bagel oh cooker God. or anything like that. Man, big money over here, Doug Franz, with this toaster. We can. That, that was bagels. The, that was the old days of money. <laughs> so that was that was a toast. So as soon as that toaster dies, it'll be throw it on the gas stove. I guess. Does it talk to you? Does your toaster no, talk to you? No, it's not. It's not like Bluetooth. Your your bagel is complete. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I hear it pop and I walk over and I and uh, and I get it. Uh, what's coming up? Well, uh, well, made before what? we do that, yeah. what bagels do you eat? You, are you a plain guy? You seem like a plain guy. Oh yeah, total plain guy. Yeah, yeah. see that's not good. Absolutely. Man. Cinnamon but raisins the way to go, baby. One of the things that's fantastic, though, and not a lot of people know this, at least at Fry's, Chompy's bagels are sold at Fry's. Yes, they are. Chompy's, they're not cut, so they're cheaper than 
everybody else's bagels, and yet to me, they taste better than everybody else's bagels. Yeah, but sometimes uh, the fries chompies come out uh, where they fall apart on you easily. Really? I've never had to worry about that. Uh, here's the other thing. Oh, my God. You have a bagel cutter, don't you? You got one no. of those things where you put bread? it in there and no. you push it I down do and it that. cuts it. I admit I want it, but I do not have that. <laughs> I have a big, long bread knife that I cut the bagel with. But the problem is, and I don't, luckily Jennifer's never yelled at me on this, I can't put it on the paper plate and then cut because then the paper plate starts moving. You do it on the counter? So I do it right on the counter. Don't you have a cutting board? Yeah, I guess I could do that. But then I have to wipe off the cutting board, so I'd rather just leave the mess on the counter. Yeah, I was going to say, so what's the difference between leaving the cutting board and the mess there and walking off or just leaving the crumbs on the counter and walking off? What's the difference? Yeah, there's probably none. I just outed myself big time. Hopefully Jennifer's not going to. Yeah. Oh, she, oh I'm sending this to her. Either not watching or hopefully she's not going to listen <laughs> I, to the podcast. I, I know I leave breadcrumbs. I know that I, I do. I'm sending this to her, so don't worry about it. I, uh, I still have it uh, as soon as we're done. You're doing versus Vegas? I, I totally still have deserve it. that. I totally deserve <laughs> that. Anything from you, ASU football-wise? Bo Baldwin gone. Yeah. Jalen Conyers gone. On the one hand, I think as soon as Bo, Bo lost play calling duties, we all knew that was eventually going to yeah. happen. But the Jalen is, is, boy, well, he had I mean, a bad year. Well, Jalen and Dillingham didn't get along. I, I, that rumor was out there all year, and mm-hmm. I think that was just confirmed, uh, you know, uh, with Jalen leaving. Um, you know, they, they just didn't get along. They didn't see eye to eye. Jalen didn't want to do what Coach wanted him to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, do you blame Jalen? Because uh, Coach Dillingham, you suck just as bad as Bo Baldwin did at play calling. So I don't know. Uh, where, where, why, why I saw no improvement. I saw no improvement in play calling. I don't uh, know yeah. how you would say that in the sense of obviously the last game for Bo was 29 to nothing. And other than mm-hmm. one game, and they did score in one game, it mm-hmm. got better. Oh, and did what, it? what was he going to do with those injuries? How yeah. were you? Oh, well, Bo Baldwin had the same injuries, though. He lost half their offensive line was gone in the first game, if not before the first game. Oh, it was game. rough, but it wasn't to the level Quarterbacks were out left late. and right. They're, they're shuffling quarterbacks left and right in game two. And how do you just forget play call? Like, how was he good at Oregon and suddenly it's, he's terrible now? Well, you could say the same thing with Bo Baldwin. He was brought in here as a world-renowned play caller, and all of a sudden he sucks out of nowhere. My argument is is that uh, Kenny Dillingham also sucked at play calling. You can defend him as you want. He's your buddy. Defend him. Uh, but, uh, I won't defend him because he wasn't any Buddy. better than Bo Baldwin was. The difference is, as you know, is the head coach isn't going to fire himself. Yes, uh, no, he true. is firing Very himself true. because he says he's going to look for another play caller. So in that sense, he's firing himself from there. Uh, but, you know, Kenny Dillingham's not going to be like, I resigned from this job because I sucked at play calling this year. No, it was a, it was a, it was a bad stack against both of them. He, um, I, it wasn't him. To, I want to defend him there. It wasn't him. But I was talking to a coach. <laughs> I, I'll never forget the look on his face. <laughs> When I told him, and granted, I was not at practice in 2022, so I don't want to act like I know, but the people that I've talked to told me Jalen Conyers practiced hard in 2022. He was a hardworking guy. And when I told a new coach to the staff that Jalen Conyers was a hardworking guy last year, he went, really? Yeah, I, like, um, his, his eyes lit up like I was. Yeah. I was telling. I was saying something shocking to him. Now this is extremely early in the season, so I have no idea what might have changed. I, I know nothing about that. But it was really weird to have a coach think that I'm the one making something up yeah. by complimenting Jalen Conyers' work ethic because yeah. I'm assuming that look. Granted, he didn't say a word, but that look says. 
I don't see it. Well, I, I'll, I'll just flat out tell you. I mean, I was flat out told uh, Jalen Conyers and Kenny Dillingham don't see eye to eye. I was mm-hmm. flat out told that. I was told that uh, Kenny thought uh, uh, Conyers wasn't working hard enough. Um, and, well, at least the offensive side of the ball. So I just equate that to Dillingham as okay. he was a coach. So okay. I, I guess I shouldn't say Dillingham thought that. I was told that there was a uh, disconnect between the two all season long. I think you saw that on the field uh, with the play calling and stuff like that as well. And, uh, you know, to the Defend Conyers a little bit. Look, you're a football player. Go out there and do your job. But, uh, man, when you're running the gate offense uh, and your play calling sucks, I can understand uh, maybe not uh, feeling it. <laughs> do, do you care that nobody agrees with you about the play calling sucking? Okay, that's fine. Okay, uh, I, mean, I, that's I, cool. I have the proof behind me with a team that uh, did absolutely nothing on offense. So I have the proof on my side. They, they ran a quarterback and a they ran a tight end and a running back uh, as a quarterback for uh, the last two games. Uh, yes. That is atrocious offense, Doug. There, there is nothing about it that says otherwise. You can't justify that it's a good offense. Otherwise, you can't. So why didn't you just give Bo Baldwin his play calling back then? I would say the reason why they had to do that, when you look at dearth of talent from the previous regime, changeover that occurred, and we got, injuries. We got to stop blaming the previous regime, man. It's not like you suddenly can make a trade during the season if the previous no. regime can't. Now, they can't recruit because of what they did. I mean, you imagine you're going to a recruit, and this is still, I don't know why ASU is so bad at this. If you don't know what the sanctions are, I don't disagree. so many players say, you know what, I'm not even going to talk to you. I, I don't disagree with that side of it. What I'm getting at is, is once the season starts, you know what talent you have. You blame the injuries long before you blame the previous regime for this team and the lack of offense. I, I look at injuries and the previous regime yeah, of yeah. once you start a season without talent, the little talent you have gets hurt, then he knows. Like, Kenny Dillingham hated running the swinging, swinging gate. Hated it. No, he didn't. He, he loved it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He was so giddy after UCLA, man, for that he ran that thing. Oh, my God. We found this in 1970 YouTube. Thank God we found this because we would be awful without it. Well, you're awful with it. Well, when I, when I had a beer with him, that's not what he told me. <laughs> he did not feel like that's that the, at I mean, all. He's your buddy. Keep defending him. That's fine. I mean, that's not defending him because my buddy. I'm just saying when a guy says, I don't love this, I can't believe I have to do it. Yeah. I think that's great right. coaching well, that you forced into something. I mean, uh, everybody could disagree that the offense sucked, but the offense sucked. <laughs> clear on what Steve just said. I am not disagreeing that the offense sucks. No no one can disagree with that. He's nails. uh, Steve is nails on that point. More with Steve coming up in just a minute. The main event with Dale Hellestray, 8 to 10 here on WTSMTV.com, followed by iOS. Izzy on sports. Love the fact that uh, everything Izzy is doing today and uh, filling in for Jeff Weir Production, who's uh, got a lot of stuff going on in his world. So, Izzy, thanks for everything that you're doing. Really appreciate it. Um, Today, I, man, I'm frustrated about the loss of the Suns. I really feel like I go 2-0 yesterday without the Devin Booker injury. Here's what I went with. I go Lakers minus seven. I thought that they would do well against Detroit because Detroit's terrible. Coming off of a horrible Lakers performance, I told you I think Vegas could not have gotten a game more wrong by saying only minus seven. Lakers win 133-107. I get that one right. I had Suns minus three. Now, listen, the only thing that matters is the final score. I got it wrong. Eat it. Okay? There's, there's, I can't, if that's your opinion, Doug, suck it up. You're wrong. 
Yeah. But. I still say but before you serve me the crow. Booker doesn't get hurt. There's no way they lose that game. Obviously, there is. He only had eight points. It wasn't like he was playing great before the ankle injury. I just, I'm not going to believe he wouldn't have had a better second half. So, uh, Suns lose. They didn't cover because they didn't win. 112-105 to Toronto. So, I only go one and one on the day. The juice on the Lakers wasn't bad, but it was still negative juice. So, I was a loser units-wise as well, going one and one. I'm at 1048-952-7 and seven on the year. There's a, not a lot of games today. There's no games I would put tonight in the I love category, just to let you know. Nothing is in there that I would say that I absolutely love. But I have two games, both NBA-wise, that I like. And I'm going to go with that. I'm going to take Indiana plus the two. They're on the road in Miami, and the Pacers are playing pretty good basketball right now and they take on the heat so i'm going to take indiana uh, as as a uh, road dog and then i'm going to go with the um milwaukee bucks are minus eight on the road but they're at chicago and chicago's not good bucks are good they're still trying to really come together and mesh they've had a couple bad games but i i look at that when they haven't been playing as well as they want to at times, but they know, hey, be patient, they're not going to take an opponent like the Bulls lightly. Like, usually when it's a bad team and you've got some superstars on it, sometimes guys have an off night. Since the Bucks are still trying to get everything to mesh, I totally believe in the Bucks being able to take a team seriously that they're that much better than. Number two, and the reason why I like it, is because of the fact that Bobby Portis was drafted by the Bulls and he almost always goes off on the Bulls. Now, I have to be blunt. I have not seen the Bucks last game. You could tell me that that Bobby Portis lost an ear in a uh, some kind of freak fire extinguisher accident, and I wouldn't know right now. But I like this matchup, so I'm going to take Milwaukee minus the eight. That does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. A couple things I'd love for you to know about tomorrow. Beer Friday, presented by 100 Mile Brewing Company. I am jacked up to have them as part of our journey here on WTSMTV.com. They're located at Tempe or in Tempe at Rural Scottsdale Road and the 202, where all of that comes together. They're south of the 202, and when I say south of the 202, I mean, you know, 70 feet from the wall of the 202. Okay, they're right there. Easiest way to get there is to turn into Makayos, but obviously not go to Makayos. Just keep driving westbound in a parking lot. I Sorry to make it sound like a road, but that's the best way to get there. Drive through the parking lot and just keep going west until you see the big white building on your right. And that's 100 Mile Brewing Company, the sponsor for tomorrow's um, Beer Friday. Jacked up to have them as part of the ride. Bell's Nashville Kitchen. That's where the Christmas event will be coming up. December 9th, Saturday, 4 to 10 or beyond. Please figure out a way to get it onto your calendar. I'd love to see you out there and uh, and be part of that event. 
if you're hungry this morning, the greatest breakfast burrito you're ever going to have is Burrito Express. They also serve lunch, and they will um, you can get to go to eat for dinner. They're not open during dinner, but you can get it to go on your way out to uh, on your way home. It's it's incredible. I mean, Burrito Express, the steak and salsa burrito, or get the uh, extreme for breakfast with the eggs and the potatoes and the habanero. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. I mean, as soon as I start talking about it, I, I get a little giddy. The official sports bar of Doug Franz Unplugged is located at Ray and McQueen. That's in, that's Rosati's, but only that location of Rosati's. And Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. Call 602-2-REPAIR. That's 602, the number two. Then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. Please keep listening for the main event because Steve McCollum is going to be the one that announces to you who is the winner on Wednesday's week of winners. We had a little bit of an issue and weren't able to make the announcement for Tuesday's week of winners on yesterday's show. So you're going to get two winners today on the Thursday version for who won Tuesday and who won Wednesday. And then you still have an opportunity to be Thursday's winner if you join us, become a basic level, a, a, a live level, or a premium level, you can be our Thursday winner. But tomorrow, you can only win if you're a premium member. Get signed up for the greatest prize we've given away. It's valued at around $1,400. Force them to play at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Lunch before or after your foursome at Civlick, free lunch, and three Titleist wedges. Three wedges, different degrees. I'm picking that up today, so I'll be able to show it to you tomorrow on Beer Friday. The best prize we've given away. If you're a golfer, it's going to amaze you if you've never played that course, had those wings, and getting the Titleist wedges. If you're not a golfer, who cares? For you to win that prize and to be able to give it to a client, give it to a family member, give the wedges to a young player... That is just a perfect day at the office. So please become a premium member and take a shot at being a winner on the WTSMTV.com Week of Winners. Steve McCollum's up next with the main event. I'll see you tomorrow.